Ladies and gentlemen, we are excited to announce on this special edition of the Eldonzo and D Show, President Joe Biden will be joining us for an exclusive interview. Hello, Eldonzo and D Show. Yeah. Yes, Mr. President. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Well, we've just been informed that the president is not going to be able to make it on the show today due to what he says is a very important meeting with Nelson Mandela, Margaret Thatcher, and Mao Zedong. Coming at you directly from the Skyhammer Studios. This is the El Donzo and D Show. You have insanity in my earpiece. You know, the definition of insanity in my earpiece is going to take off like a rocket. I'm El Donzo. I'm Dees. And you, the cold opener, I don't even know where to begin with this. And <laughs> Seriously, in the past week, of course, Joe Biden has been on the decline. I don't think anybody can argue with us on that. Free falling. <laughs> That's exactly what he's doing. This is bad. This is bad. A lot of stuff's happened this week. Uh, look, when people get to a certain point in, in Alzheimer's or cognitive decline, they start having dementia and they start seeing dead people. I've known personally <coughs> people that have gotten that far gone. They start seeing dead people, dead relatives and stuff. I think maybe he's getting to that point. Maybe he's just forgetful, but either way, he shouldn't be running the country. Uh, on top of that, we also had news with him came out that uh, special counsel, counsel Robert Herr, uh, on on the surface, it looks like you know there's no reason for an indictment, but there's so much more to this, pretty much said that Joe Biden doesn't know where the hell he's at. So we're going to be talking about that as well. And then also Tucker Carlson's interview with Putin. Did you get a chance to uh, watch any of that? No, I've heard highlights and heard a lot of people talking about it. But no, I I honestly have not. Yeah, it's uh, I I sat down and watched the whole thing. It was two hours. It was very interesting. We're going to be talking about that as well today and just all kinds of other fully monkey shines we've got going on. But I do want to get this out of the way out of the way right now we've lost two people this week so far uh the first one being toby keith yeah that kind of came as a shock i knew he was dealing with the cancer thing but i thought the last update i had heard was that he was doing well but apparently that was not the case i guess he played his last show i think in september of last year is that correct and he was only 62 he was 62 uh battle with stomach cancer yeah i did see a picture of him it, it, I mean, he was down to like 150 pounds, like just did not barely recognizable. Like it was just, you know, he was a you know, big husky, like looked like a big farm boy. And to see that picture, I think it was on TMZ. It, I mean, yeah, it was, he was going through it. Yeah. You could tell it was uh, weighing him down pretty bad. Yeah. Obviously affecting him. And he did a, you know, one thing about Toby Keith, he wrote great songs, great party songs, country party songs. Uh, but he also did a lot to bring attention to veterans, wounded veterans. Yeah. Uh, did a lot of USO tours. You know, it's kind of like equivalent of John Wayne. 
I called him a modern day John Wayne. John Wayne never served in the military, but he did more for recognizing the United States military and veterans. He sold a lot of war bonds. He probably did more for the United States military than he ever could have had he just went and served. And Toby Keith was the same way. Toby Keith never served, but he was a diehard patriot and he did everything he could, like I said, on the USO tours and raising awareness of, of wounded veterans, uh, soldiers of foreign wars. So, you know, hats off to him. Yep. Uh, very much honored that he was a part of our country and uh, part of our patriotism. On another uh, loss we had this week, uh, famed actor Carl Weathers, who was, if you grew up in the 80s like we did, was quite the screen icon, especially I, I remembered him from Predator. That was one of my favorite movies he was ever in. He was, of course, uh, he played Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed. In the Rocky films. Yep. This is all Russia's fault, Ivan Drago. Yeah, blame it on Russia. Yep. Blame Drago! Russia. Uh, Carl Weathers, he was 76 when he died. I can't remember what the cause yeah, of that was. Yeah, and he was in pretty good shape. He or, seemed like it. Yeah, he was most recently was uh, a had a recurring role on the uh, Star Wars spinoff show, The Mandalorian. Ah, that's right. He did. Yeah. And a lot of people remember him as Chubbs from uh, yeah. Happy Gilmore. Yep. Yep. Which he lost his arm and everything. So moving on, let's get into this uh, this Putin and and uh, Tucker Carlson interview. Uh, there was a lot of hubbub earlier in the week that Tucker Carlson was seen in Moscow. Uh, to potentially interview Vladimir Putin, and it did happen. And like I said, I sat down and watched two hours of this, and what I immediately gleaned off of this, Vladimir Putin is not stupid. No. Vladimir Putin is not crazy. He's got his reasons for doing this. So, and I, I, I put this on Facebook. The first 40 minutes of the interview was a complete history of Russia and Ukraine and the Baltic states and how they've warred and, and exactly down to the date and the year that all this happened. And you could tell that Tucker Carlson, I think he he even said it himself, he thought that Vladimir Putin was filibustering this whole interview. It turns out he wasn't. He was laying the groundwork. This guy went through like a thousand years of Russian history like he had lived it. Okay? Just rattled it off. Very coherent, just on top of things. So the first thing that stuck out to me was that. There's no way he could go toe-to-toe with our president today. It was embarrassing because it really put it, you know, in perspective of who we have running our country and who Russia has running their country. I think what you meant to to say was there's no way our president could go toe-to-toe with Putin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe that's, maybe I, maybe I, and I fifth that up a little I bit. I don't know that there are many world leaders out there that could. I mean, love him or hate him for what he's done. Man is very intelligent, very sharp. He is, he is. And, of course, Tucker Carlson got a lot of pushback on this. Uh, one of the main ones was Boris Johnson. If you remember, and he even and Putin even talked about Boris Johnson, uh, they had a peace agreement going right at the beginning of this thing, and Boris Johnson went over there and shot it down. Okay, Boris Johnson, Johnson made sure almost single-handedly, along with the Biden administration, you know, the Western countries, that there would not be peace in Ukraine. There's going to have to be something. Yeah, and we've said this before. Something's going to have to happen. They're going to have to sign a peace deal at one point or another. I've been doing like some uh, some online gaming lately with a, a few Brits and uh, shout out Spartans, and uh, they are they're not happy with with Mister Johnson. Let's just put it that way. They uh, 
they were talking about the interview as well. And he's a joke. Biden's a joke. You know, they basically agree with the, your general consensus. Yeah. I mean, I, you, if you watch this, there's hands down, there was no way around. You can't say that this guy's got his sticks wired tight. So Johnson came out and said this, when Tucker Carlson went to the Kremlin, he had a function well known to history. He was to be the stooge of the tyrant, the dictaphone to the dictator and a traitor to journalism. In his fawning, guffawing, slack-jawed happiness at having a scoop, he betrayed his viewers and listeners around the world. He also said he didn't ask tough questions. Now, he did ask tough questions. There was some contention between him and Putin. Now, my personal opinion on this is, I don't care who it is or what slights or crimes against humanity or how evil they are. Journalists have a goal to go out there and interview everybody. We have to hear everything. You know, there's people that went and interviewed Charles Manson, interviewed Jeffrey Dahmer, and they were celebrated. Okay? Why can't we go out and interview Vladimir Putin? I think a lot of people have tried to do this, and I think that's why that these uh, his CBS and NBC was so pissed off, because they couldn't get granted that access to him. I really do. Now, I wouldn't be surprised. You see all these people interviewing Vladimir Zelensky, talking about being a fanboy. So, anyway... That was really interesting to watch it. Like I said, there to was be a- fair, Zelensky can play the piano with his penis. I haven't seen Putin do that. So no, well, that's true. But you know what? I'm- <laughs> Putin could probably play p- piano with Zelensky's penis, to be honest with you, <laughs> if I had to take a guess at that. Now, one thing that really stood out here, I want to get this in. We'll talk about a little bit more of this on the next segment, too, and how I think critical it is that we have to get everybody's perspective and get an understanding. Um But one thing that stood out to me was Tucker Carlson asked Putin a lot of questions about how he felt about George W. Bush and how he got along with Clinton and Trump, which he got along with all of them pretty well. One thing I didn't know that Putin said was that he actually asked about joining NATO back in the 90s when Bill Clinton was president. And Bill Clinton said he'd actually consider it and then turned around and said, no, we're not going to do it. Never mind. And I guess this was kind of a letdown to Putin because in his eyes, he wanted to actually work with America. He's, he kind of made it sound like he wants to, wants to build their alliance together and everybody be profitable and be prosperous. Now, one thing that did stand out, we're talking about the Joe Biden situation this week, with he can't, which he can't remember anything. Vladimir Putin was asked if he had talked to Joe Biden before this happened. And Vladimir Putin said yes, and Tucker Carlson asked him when he talked to him. And Vladimir Putin said, I can't remember. And Tucker Carlson goes, you, what do you mean you can't? Why can't you remember? He goes, I don't know. I just don't remember. Maybe you should ask him. And at the time I'm watching this, <clears throat> I'm going, how the hell did he just slip up there? How can he not remember when's, when the last time he talked to the President of the United States was? But actually going back and listening to it, that was a dig at Joe Biden. Yeah. That was a full frontal assault on Joe Biden's cognitive ability and his ability to remember things. It's just not there, and it's damn embarrassing. But overall, like I said, two hours. Uh, like they, Vladimir Putin got a couple digs in on Tucker. I think at one point he said, do you want to have a talk show or a serious conversation? So, like I said, it was a good interview. If you get a chance, go and watch it, and it was free. You don't have to hit a paywall to watch it. You don't have to subscribe to anything. Go to Tucker Carlson on X and just watch it. It's worth it. This is the Aldonzo and D Show. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back here from the Skyhammer Studios.
Hey, welcome back to the Eldonzo and D Show. Coming at you from the Skyhammer Studios on a windy Saturday morning, if I may say so myself. A little breezy. I'm Eldonzo. I'm Dees. And in the last segment, we were going into the Tucker Carlson-Vladimir Putin interview that took place this week. Uh, of course, Tucker Carlson traveled to Moscow. Now, this was supposed to happen, I think, uh, last year or the year before, and the the Biden administration spied on Tucker Carlson's text messages. And no, imagine that prevented him from going. They did the same thing a month ago. And this time Tucker Carlson said, screw it. They're going to go do it. Uh, I think Tucker Carlson thought this had to be done. And I agree. It had to be done. Now, a lot of things that Putin said, Putin pointed towards the expansion of NATO um, and promises made and not kept since the 90s, since the dissolution of the Soviet Union. And he cited that as a main reason for going and taking Ukraine. Also talks going back, you know, years ago to 2014, 2015, Obama was doing this about making NATO, uh, or excuse me, Ukraine part of NATO. This is all fact. This has happened. That eastward expansion of NATO took place. Now, I don't know if there was ever a signed document when this happened back in the early 90s, we're talking going back to 94, if this was actually not going to take place or not. But Russia has definitely felt slighted. And he made numerous uh, statements that he seemed like he could back them up to where he talked with America about this, whether it be Bill Clinton or, or George W. Bush or Barack Obama trying to fix this. Now, can you believe him? I don't know, but it's nice to hear his side of it. Right. I mean, why would you not want to hear it? Yeah. Uh, there was a couple times in there where he also uh, talked about, let's see here, the Crimean Peninsula and why he re- why he took that back, why he felt that was a part of Russia, why it was critical to Russia, and why he will not give that up. He also said he was open to negotiating with negotiating with the U.S. and with Ukraine. So what I heard, and like I said, take it for face face value, folks. If you watch this, what I heard was. He's not opposed to having a peace deal. He's just not going to get bent over a barrel for it and give up the eastern territories and give up Crimea. So at this point, when you've got the Russian president coming out and says he's willing to stop this if they can come to a negotiation, but then you've got Ukraine and the West saying, no, we're not going to talk about this unless everything goes right back, including Crimea. You're never going to get anywhere with it. That's that's my whole point to it. Now, Ukrainian... uh, Ukrainian sergeant calls Tucker Carlson an enemy of humanity for visiting Russia and interviewing Vladimir Putin. Remember, Ukraine is the one that wants, in my opinion, a third world war. That's the only way they they can maybe get out of this unscathed. Yeah, Uh, that's the only thing I can see that could save them. Anybody that's got their panties in a bunch because Tucker Carlson went and interviewed Vladimir Putin is living on another planet. You might as well be uh, having dinner with Joe Biden and talking about dead people. Oh, which brings us into the big story. And I thought this thing with Tucker getting over there and getting that interview was a big story. That's a big deal, in my opinion. Uh, Like I said, if you want to check it out, go check it out. It's free. It's not behind a paywall. You don't have to subscribe to anything. Uh, Go to Tucker Carlson on X, and the video is there for free for the whole world to watch if you want to watch it. My issue with that is there's a lot of people that will say they don't want to watch it. They're not going to contribute to this. I don't care if you absolutely hate Vladimir Putin and think he's the second coming of Hitler, which he's not. 
go watch it. Go get some objective point of view, some objective information for this. He also made a really good point, too. When you remember when the Canadian Parliament had Vladimir Zelensky come visit and they had that Nazi stand up, the the Ukrainian Nazi veteran, and they all clapped and everything because he fought the Russians. Well, it was kind of a dumb moment, and Vladimir Putin made this a really good point. That was the Nazification he's talking about wanting to run out of there. There was a lot of Nazis in Ukraine. And if they were fighting the Russians in World War II, who were they fighting for? They were fighting for the Nazis. Yeah. So how in the hell could these two idiots, Trudeau and this other guy from Parliament and Zelensky, get up and not realize what they were doing when they were honoring this guy who was fighting for, for Nazi Germany? Made a lot of good points. That's all I'm saying. Now, <clears throat> there's been a special investigation just wrapped up into Joe Biden's mishandling of classified documents. And we've been covering this, well, for probably close to eight months now we've been talking about this since it happened. They finally had the uh, special counsel go in there there and investigate it. And there's not going to be any charges brought against Joe Biden. You can't compare this. First of all, you cannot compare this to Donald Trump. Donald Trump was a president, a U.S. president, not a vice president. He was a president when he supposedly got caught with his hand in the cookie jar with classified documents. Joe Biden was not a president, which to me is a stark difference there in the legality of what they did. Now, special counsel, counsel Robert Hur has come out and said a couple things, that there's not going to be charges, but there's not going to be charges for a reason because no jury is going to find, this is pretty much what it said, you read it too, no jury's reasonably going to find him culpable in his mental state right now. <laughs> so, in other news, in other news, sky is blue and water is wet. So, uh, White House uh, counsel or uh, counsel spokesperson Ian Sams came out and twisted that and said that Joe Biden didn't do anything wrong. They found that he didn't do anything wrong, and they said egregious things in here that they shouldn't have said. That it didn't have any value added to it. Well, no, you know what they said. These, they said that he was. So forgetful and so elderly, he couldn't even remember the year his son Bo died. Yeah. Couldn't remember it. He couldn't remember the years that he was vice president. They asked him about it. He says, was I vice president in uh, 2009 or what? was I not vice president in 2013? Let me tell you something. I know a lot of people that are his age and they get forgetful. Okay. My dad's eighty, going to be 82 this year. He, he gets forgetful. I don't think anybody, 49 almost. And I'm forgetful. Okay. But when you forget the years that you're vice president, that's pretty bad. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I would think that'd be a significant time in your life that you uh, should remember if you're, you know, the quote, most powerful leader in the free world. Now, while he's not getting charges against him, uh, Robert Hur did say that they uncovered evidence that Biden willfully retained and disclosed classified materials after his vice presidency when he was a private citizen. The materials included marked classified documents about military and foreign policy in Afghanistan and notebooks containing Mr. Biden's handwritten entries about issues of national security and foreign policy implicating sensitive intelligence sources and methods. So, do you think this was an investigation to actually bring charges against him? Or after we're, you know, reading this, 
Was this an investigation to get something else rolling? What do you think, Dees? Uh, again, I'm going to beat this dead horse that I've been beating for months. This It's beginning that this is the first bullet that they're putting in the chamber to stop him from running. I don't know that they will 25th him just for the simple fact that I don't think that the, the powers that be behind closed doors want to give Kamala any power at all, even if it is short term. But I think they're going to get the ball rolling and start to use this to air quotes, convince him not to run in this upcoming election. So I talked about in, I agree with you. It sounds like it's going to be the first big shot out of the cannon at him. Yeah. Okay. I've got some excerpts here. We can 25th you and you'll be a disgrace or you can, you know, bow out gracefully and we'll brush all this under the rug along with all hunters BS and this and that. I I really think that's what's happening. So, and before I cut to these excerpts, I talked about, he couldn't remember when Bo died. He couldn't remember when he was vice president. I've got the excerpts here. We're going to read it. So, you know, that Eldonzo and D's just aren't bull sticks and everybody here. Um, My thing is, this is probably one of the toughest situations the Democrat party has ever been in. In my opinion, they're, they're coming down to zero hour to get him out of there and get somebody else in. Yes. The DNC uh, can, can swap him out if they want to at the, uh, at the convention. But even that's going to create a lot of hurdles and it's going to weaken the Democratic Party. Now, Michelle Obama, we've talked about her potentially getting in there. Michelle Obama doesn't want anything to do with politics. She likes living her lavish lifestyle. She was never into politics. She just liked the glam and glitz. So I don't know if that's going to take off or not. Yeah, My- when's she going to have time to shave her balls? Exactly. That was pretty good. <laughs> oh, going after Michael like that. You got to stop that. <clears throat> so my fear is they're going to run Biden. My fear is that they're actually going to run this guy. And my biggest fear is he's going to win because this thing with Trump, you know, we, Buck Sexton was talking about this. He had a caller in uh, a couple days ago who said they voted. This gal voted for Trump twice, was a major Trump supporter. She's she's backing <sighs> him now. But if he gets convicted of a felony, she will not vote for him because she will not vote for a convicted felon. I'm telling you, there's a lot of independents and moderate Republicans that think that backwards way. Now, I don't care if he gets hit with a felony or not. I know the felony is all bull sticks, like this January 6th thing that uh, Jack Smith's going after him for. This is nothing but a witch hunt. They're, at the times they're doing this, they're, they're pushing it out to certain dates. They want to get him a felony, and I see no reason why they can't do it. Look at everything else they've done. Yeah, I'll, like I said, I'll be shocked if he doesn't catch at least a conviction or two. My fear is seeing how far these people have gone. They will stop at nothing to make sure he never goes back into that White House. I think they've already made that clear. They've made it quite clear to me. So let's get back to because we we beat that dead horse ad nauseum. Uh, but like I said, I got this fear, and this just developed in the past couple of weeks looking at this stuff that they're actually going to continue to run Biden, whether he's in a wheelchair and they bring him out with a, you know, a blanket over his legs and there's got a straw and feeding him applesauce. But anyway, we're going to get into these excerpts from the special counsel's report. When we come back here on the El Donzo and D show coming at you right from the Skyhammer studios.
Hey, welcome back to the El Donzo and D Show. Coming at you from the Skyhammer Studios on this beautiful Saturday morning. We're having a good time in the studio. We had some technical difficulties before we started, but we got that hashed out. Why? Because we're professionals. I'm El Donzo. I'm Dees. And we were talking in the last segment about this uh, special counsel Robert Hur's report against Biden. I kind of listed off some Cliff's notes there, but I actually want to get into the actual text from here. Uh, so he released this report. They're not going to charge Biden with, uh, with any crimes in regards to mishandling uh, documents, which they found in his garage. They found in his basement. You know, the, Remember, they found the documents right next to his Corvette, which Hunter Biden was yeah, know, taking underage girls around. And stacked nicely record. on his box of Depends. That's right. Depends on the day, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, the report, however, also contained a pretty eye-opening portion on how Biden struggled to remember when he served as vice president in the Obama administration. Uh, Her's office believed Biden's lawyers would use those limitations in his recall if it went to trial, i.e., they would say, well, look at this guy. He's, he's not there. He's not cognizant. He can't remember. He's got a bad memory. And then that's why, likely, nothing would stick, especially depending on where the show trial's at. So, directly from uh, the report, in his interview with our office, Mr. Biden's memory was worse. He did not remember when he was a vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended. A quote from Biden, if it was 2013, when did I stop being vice president? And forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began. In 2009, am I still vice president? <laughs> Seriously. It goes on. He did this not. This guy has the nuclear code. He has the nuclear football. And he doesn't. Re... And two... This is a quote from Joe Biden in this report. He's questioning that if he is still vice president in 2009. Dude, you... dude, the fun just started at that point. Now it goes on. He did not remember even within several years when his son Bo died, which was in 2015. It goes on in his memory appeared hazy when describing the Afghanistan debate. That was once so important to him. Among other things, he mistakenly said he had a real difference of opinion with Gen General Carl Eikenberry, when in fact Eikenberry was one of his strongest allies. It goes on in a case where the government must prove that Mr. Biden knew he had possession of the classified Afghanistan documents after the vice presidency and chose to keep those documents, knowing he was violating the law. We expect that at trial, his attorneys would emphasize these limitations in his recall. So it's pretty much he's getting out of the electric chair because he's criminally insane. That's the equivalent of what's going on here. Yeah. They're letting him off the hook because he's that stupid. I'm not saying he's stupid. He did say he graduated first in his class. He was actually last. If you remember back when him and uh, Trump had the debates, he brought that up and kind of made him stammer a little bit. He is a liar. Stupid, maybe. Liar, definitely. Okay, so we've got a lot of stuff that also happened. So after... Let me find the right one here. After he did this, after this report came out, he did this press conference talking about his memory's fine and mentally he's fine. And he goes on to, uh, he says he got the president of Mexico to open the gate for refugees from Gaza. So what he did here, we're going to play you a soundbite. As soon as he got done saying how good his memory was, okay, same stage, same podium, he goes into this, which just proves it even further, he's gone. Let's uh, roll clip. As you know, that the conduct 
of the response in Gaza, in the Gaza Strip, has been um, over the top. I think that, uh, as you know, initially the president of Mexico, Sisi, did Egypt. not want to open up the gate to allow humanitarian material to get in. I talked to him. I convinced him to open the gate. President Sisi is the president of Egypt, not Mexico, <laughs> and not even on the same continent. <laughs> not even on the same continent, Joe. Right after you go, oh, I my mean, memory's fine. I mean, they're 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 both kind of brown people. Yeah, right? they're both. I mean, darker. Got to get mad, you know. It's hot, you know. It's, it's hot. Yeah, that's it's. Don't get a lot of rain. It. God, good, but you know, actually, that wasn't the worst one. That actually was not the worst one. But wait, there's more. Now, if you just listen to that, you can tell by the way the guy's talking <clears throat> that he's not all there. You can tell he doesn't even know where he's at. We're not even going to have to replay that one for you. Uh, here's another one from the New York Post. Alarming footage appears to show President Biden forgetting Hamas's name when asked about hostages held in Gaza. This was this week as well. This is February 7th. Actually, I think it happened on the 6th. You want to hear this one? Have you heard this one yet, Dees? No. All right. This is... I don't even know what to make about this. Here we go. We're going to roll clip. This is Biden trying to talk about Hamas's reaction. I don't know. Roll clip. This is bad. This is really bad. The question of American power. It all goes to, was America keep its word? Does America move forward? There is some movement, and I don't want to, I don't want to. Come on. I'll maybe choose my words. There's some movement. There's been a response from the, uh, the, the, there's been a response from the opposition, but, um, it, it, yes, I'm sorry, from Hamas. Somebody jumped in there and helped him out. Yeah. That, that guy is speaking to the world on that podium. There's a movement going on right then, and that's a movement in, in his, his pants. pants. That's right. That's what we talk about the talk about the old depends there with Joe Biden. It was that old uh, SNL skit? The oops, I crapped my pants. Or no, I think it was Bob and Tom. Oh, it may have been. Yeah, yeah. oops, I crapped my pants. Okay, so why stop there? Is my point. Biden made a boom boom in the bum bum. You hear about this thing? This is uh, this was about a week and a half ago. He met with a crowd, and he was talking about the French president. Yeah. You hear about this? Who, who's the French president? I have no idea. Emmanuel Macron. Okay. Okay. Whatever you say. But he he mixed it up. He mixed it up pretty bad. And we're going to play that soundbite for you now. Here's a roll clip. Right, right after I was elected, I went to a, what they call a G7 meeting, all the NATO leaders. And it was in, it was in the south of England. And I sat down and I said, America's back. And Mitterrand from Germany, I mean, from France, looked at me and said, uh, said, you know, what, why, how, how long are you back for? Which is really impressive because Mitterrand died in 1996. <laughs> Mitterrand died in 1990. He was France's president from 81 to 95. He died in 1996. So Mitterrand's up there. So this guy has a power to summon dead people. I mean, at least he remembered his name correctly, even if it was, you know, 
not the current president and he's been dead for 20 plus years. So of course, one of the, one of the reporters in the white house pool asked America's first black, uh, lesbian French press secretary, Karine Jean Pierre about this. And you want to hear her remark to it? Like this is, I don't even know how you can, I want to, or not. I'm going to play it for you. (laughs) She doesn't even, she's got no Dukes. You ever heard that term? I got no Dukes. She's got no Dukes. This is Corinne Jean-Pierre replying to the question about Biden's mental health after he claimed to meet with this long dead French leader. Here we go, roll clip. How is President Biden ever going to convince the three quarters of voters who are worried about his physical and mental health that he is okay, even though in Las Vegas he told a story about recently talking to a French president who died in 1996? I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole with you, what? sir. What is We're going to go. Hole? Go ahead. He said go he ahead. talked to Mineron. Go ahead. In you saw the president in Vegas, in California. You've seen the president in South Carolina. You saw him in Mich- Michigan. I'll just leave it there. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know why she couldn't say anything? Because she's got nothing to say to you. No, that, there's what nothing you, say? you can say to this. This is one thing after another with this guy. The guy is not there, and people will still go out and vote for him. They will still go out and vote for this guy. Orange man, bad. I, you know That's what? Literally, they're the the leg that they stand on. I would take a dog, a brain damaged canine at this point, over what we're getting with Joe Biden. Now we're coming up on a break here in a little bit, but there's this isn't it though. This is the only dead person he's talked to. He also, okay, check this out. Claims he spoke with a German chancellor who died in 2017 at the first G7 meeting. If it's not one thing, it's another. <laughs> We're going to have that clip for you. Um, but yeah, this is just one of those sayings. It's, who else is he going to see next? Is he going to see Nelson Mandela? Is he going to talk about having dinner with Elvis yesterday? I mean, how far is this going to go? Clearly, yeah. He's, you know, we've he's, got, he's got a full, full dance card. With, his dance card. I like that saying. The dance card is full. Yeah. We've got that clip for you. And then we've got some more fully Monkey Shines. We're going to get into a whole lot of news for this week. Uh, when we come back here on this beautiful, beautiful Saturday morning, this is the Eldonzo and D show coming at you from the Skyhammer Studios. Take a quick break. We'll be right back. Skyhammer Studios. This is the El Donzo and D show, where we don't see dead people, we see stupid people. I'm El Donzo. I'm Dees. And speaking about seeing dead people, we were talking about Biden in the last segment, and we have the story about he saw somebody else that was dead. But I want to remind everybody of this morsel that I think this happened last year. Uh, this is another dead person he saw. This uh, this Jackie gal that was a that was a congresswoman. Let's let's just remind everybody about this. I want to thank all of you here for including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here to help make this a reality. And thanks to Senator Stabenow, Representative Delor- No, she's not going to be there, you ignorant a-hole. She's dead. <laughs> Jackie, where's Jackie? Where's Jackie at? Where's Jackie? 
It's like he said, come on, John, stand up. Let everybody see you, the guy that was crippled. I mean, (laughs) you can't make this up. It so reminds me of the, the, like I said, the scary movies when Leslie Nielsen was in them playing the president. Yeah. We've used those clips uh, ad nauseum as well to describe the situation going on in our country, which if we couldn't laugh, I think we'd just cry about it. All right, so President Biden, uh, just this past week, claimed, here's the other one, claimed he spoke with the late German Chancellor Helmut Kohl, who died in 2017, in 2021, while he was talking about uh, fundraising events on Wednesday. He was talking about the insurrection on January 6th. Uh, The president said that the late German Chancellor asked him what he would say if he learned a thousand people stormed the British Parliament in an attempt to deny the next prime minister from taking office. Unfortunately, I don't have this little morsel pulled up in a soundbite. But at this point, do you really think we need soundbites? I think everybody just believes it, don't you? Yeah, I think there's more than enough evidence to back up that it happened. So not only is this guy seeing dead people, and not only seeing them, talking to them. He's interacting with them. Maybe he's on another plane. Maybe he's that close to death that he's starting to see all these people that he knew from you know, 15, 20, 30 years ago. That could be, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> he might be closer to death than he thinks because given some of the uh, powers that, that be behind closed doors that everybody kind of assumes, i.e. Obama, Clintons, blah, 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 he might die peacefully in his sleep here in the next few months. With a pillow over his head. <laughs> right. Now, getting away from hallucinating... Well, actually, he is hallucinating. Biden is pretty pissed at Speaker Johnson because of this uh, border bill that they're stalling. Yeah, he actually said, we need help on the border. This is Joe Biden said, we need help on the border. Why won't they give me the help? Well, first of all, you jackass, why don't you enforce the immigration laws that are already on the books? Second of all, you have all of the authority to go down there and shut that border down. You know what they want to do in this bill, these? They want to make it, they want to cap illegal migrants coming across the border at 5,000 a day. That's part of their negotiation. Mitch McConnell is involved in this too and helped write it. 5,000 a day. We're going to cap it at 5,000. 5,000 a day. That's, that's not a cap. <clears throat> that's a lot of people. You know what it should be? It should be zero is what we should go for. Illegal immigrants <coughs> coming across the border. Not 5,000 a day. Speaking of illegal immigrants, this is this is going to be a big topic here. Did you see this? This uh, woman getting dragged in the New York City street by the migrant moped gang? No. They're literally taking over the streets. This guy's going, I need help. I can't shut down the border. These people are running rampant. And they finally caught those guys that assaulted those cops in New York City. I don't know if you read about that. Yeah, the ones that they let go without bail and they went to... California, they brought them back? No, they got them in Phoenix. You know, New York City just lets these guys go. Where do they think they're going to go? They're not a flight risk. They flew away from their own country. (laughs) What the hell's going on with this? Now, this is one I wanted to get to. Let's see if we got enough time. We got plenty of time on here. Ron DeSantis, okay. Who? The Sanctimonious. Ron DeSantis said something earlier about the illegal immigrants coming into this country. Oh, 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 hold on one second, one second, one second, one second. I got, I got all, I got all mixed up here. Has that ever happened to you? 
daily happens to me happens to me you know what i don't care how bad i get mixed up or how bad something drops on this show all i have to do is go back and listen to a soundbite of joe biden <laughs> feel better about yourself uh, instantly L- little ego boost instantly before we got to the thing with DeSantis and bill malusion which bill malusion was calling bull sticks on a fact check against something DeSantis said about the border which who would know better than bill malusion where that story dropped we're going to get that pulled up but i want to keep going on this Al Sharpton calls border crisis an invasion and wants GOP senators pressured for allowing this to continue. So this is the same thing that happens when there's a government shutdown. It's always a Republican's fault. Anytime the government shuts down, it's a Republican's fault because they didn't want to vote on this bullsticks bill, which has got all this pork in it and all this other stuff that's not even related to what they're talking about. That's the reason the government shut down. It's all the Republicans' fault. Why is it not the Democrats' fault when the government shuts down for trying to push all this insanity through? Yeah. The Republicans say, we don't want it. Okay, well, the government shut down. It's all the Republicans' fault. How can they never take fault for this? This is the same thing. Al Sharpton is blaming GOP senators for allowing this border invasion. Can you believe this? Uh, This is from uh, Fox News. While bashing some Republicans for not getting on board with the Senate immigration bill unveiled over the weekend, and MSNBDNC host Al Sharpton used the word invasion money to describe the border crisis, which some liberals found to be highly controversial. President Biden and politicians from both the Democratic and Republican parties have touted the deal as a bipartisan compromise to secure the border. However, many Republicans argue that not only is this deal insufficient, but Biden already has the necessary ability to take action to secure the border. Just like the Title 42 type authority that would only be mandated if numbers at the southern border exceeded 5,000 migrant encounters a day. Why don't you just do it off the bat? Now, Al Sharpton's blaming the G- We want to shut... The grand old party wants to shut down the border more than anybody else. And Biden has all the authority to do that. Just like Trump had all the the historic record low border crossings while Trump is president. True or not true? Absolutely true. Didn't need a damn act of Congress for that now, did he? No. This is the Aldonzo and D Show. Going to take a quick break. Be back for hour two right here from the Skyhammer Studios. Coming at you from the Skyhammer Studios in the cornfield, middle of nowhere in the Midwest. This is the Eldonzo and Dee's show. I'm Eldonzo. I'm Dee's. And don't forget to check us out on all of our socials, facebook.com slash Eldonzo Dee's. Catch us on X at Eldonzo Dee's. And we have a new webpage, which is eldonzodees.com which has links to all of our socials including our YouTube channel where you can look at our stupid faces youtube.com slash eldonzodees over to you now we're going to on this segment we're going to get into quite a bit of this illegal immigration stuff and one of the stories I had pulled up and I wanted to get it just right and it, it dropped sometimes that happens you can't access the story is uh, is this thing with Bill Malusian 
and Governor Ron DeSantis and this this fact check that happened. Okay, now Governor Ron DeSantis said this: If you look at the threats that we face, terrorists have come in through our southern border. Now, Dees, would you agree with that? I yeah, I, I would have to say that yeah, there's probably a few that have made the trek. Okay, now. It was fact-checked by this chick named Eileen Sullivan. She goes, this is false since 1975. No one has been killed or injured in a terrorist attack in the United States that involved someone who came across the border illegally, according to Alex Noreste. Oh, come on, Eileen. Come on, Eileen. Yeah, that's right. Line her up. The vice president for economic and social policy studies at the Cato Institute, a libertarian think tank. Now, they fact-checked this, and they didn't do a very damn good job, because first of all, he never said, ever said, that anybody's been killed or injured in a terrorist attack in the United States due to somebody coming over the southern border. Yet. No, he never said that. wasn't his quote. If no, you look I'm just at the saying, threats that we fa- yeah, yeah, correct. Yet. It's going to happen. <laughs> yet. So Malusion replied to this, uh, the New York fact check aged like milk in the Eagle Pass summer, which Eagle Pass is where all these illegal immigrants are coming through. Actually, that's incorrect. They know that they've caught terrorists coming over the border. That's a fact. They've actually caught them coming over the border, not to mention the gotaways. And then she, since 1975, no one has been killed or injured in a terrorist attack in the United States that involves someone who came across the border illegally. That doesn't have anything to do with what the man just said. Ron DeSantis hit the nail on the head with this. Mm -hmm. And this is how fact checks is nothing but a load of bunk. That's all it is. These people get up there and don't know what the hell they're talking about. They twist words and people go, well, look at this. New York Times fact checked it or U.S. Today fact checked it or Snopes. Snopes is the best one. If you want to see diehard comedy, Snopes should actually be owned by the onion at this point because the stuff they come up with, they claim they fact check. It's almost just like they're, they're making it up. Like somebody needs to fact check the fact checkers. Why doesn't that happen? This thing with immigration, not only do we have all these terrorists and they're they are coming across the border we talked about this on last week's episode but you also have chinese nationals that are getting bankrolled by the ccp to come up through south america they come up through south america they get they spend money they get a lavish trail up here they set up these little communities along the way they try to pass themselves off as south koreans or some other you know orient type, I guess you can't say Orient anymore, can you? Some kind of other Asian nationality. They're coming up here in droves. Military-aged fighting men. They just, Megan Kelly had a really good, or I'm going to try to share that. Megan Kelly's thing. You ever listen to Megan Kelly? No. She had a guy on there talking about, it. he went down and he actually investigated this. Coming through these passes in the jungle. I can't remember the name of the pass. It escapes me at this point. But thousands upon thousands every month of Chinese nationals fighting aged men, not with families, not with children coming across our southern border. And you can't tell me the CCP's not behind this. It's impossible. The CCP is not behind this. Okay, you proved me wrong. You can't tell I me. I can that. tell you. See? I just fact checked you. You know what? You should go to work for Snopes. You really should. But another thing, people ask why they got the borders open. I'm going to tell you why they got the borders open. They're letting these illegal immigrants, these non-citizens vote. Yeah. Now, check this out. Let's go to this first. <clears throat> Fact check. This is from USA Today. Claim that voting non-citizens affected 2020 election outcome is unverified. Okay, now this goes back to 2020, but this is their fact check. 
So they say an estimated, this is what they fact check, an estimated 234,570 extra votes were cast by non-citizens in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, Nevada, North Carolina, and Pennsylvania, enough to deliver a win for President-elect Joe Biden. That's according to a report from Just Facts Daily. Well, they found that that was false. That was not a fact. Now, check this out. In the 2008 election, an estimated 6.4% of the non-citizen population voted. Non-citizens. We're not talking illegals. We're talking non-citizens, people that shouldn't vote to begin with. 6.4%. Now, if you go to the numbers of non-citizens in America right now, that would equal about 1.7 million people if they vote in 2024. Yeah. 1.7 million non-citizens if it's still 6.4% are going to vote in the 2024 election. That's quite a few votes. If they take it down to only 5,000 people coming across every day, that's a potential for like 117,000 more people per year coming in that can vote. Now, people say, well, illegals can't vote. Illegals can't vote. Non-citizens can't vote. Yes, they can. I'll tell you how they do it. There's 16 states so far, officially, that allow undocumented undocumented immigrants in addition to non-citizens to obtain a u.s driver's license you have california colorado connecticut delaware district of columbia hawaii illinois maryland nevada new jersey new york new mexico oregon utah vermont virginia and washington these are 17 states well, you're counting District of Columbia, 16 states in D.C., which is probably going to be a state here soon, just so they can shove it up our ass sideways, um, that actually give undocumented immigrants licenses. Now, do you know how they do this? When they go to renew their licenses, there's a checkbox there. Register to vote? Yes yep. or no? And they hit yes, and nobody ever checks it. So now they're voting. This is the evidence right here that they are voting in our election. That's why they want all these people over here. Now, here's another thing for you. If war springs up, let's just say hypothetically, civil war, these. Do you think that the U.S. government hasn't already considered what they could do with these illegal immigrants or these non-citizens that are waiting seven or eight years for their court date? Don't you think it'd be really befitting of them to say, hey, if you put on the uniform and swear allegiance to America, we'll make you citizens? go out and do our bidding for us. What about foreign wars? Yeah. That's kind of a stretch. But at a minimum, this proves right here that they're using these people to vote for them. And they even say that illegals have admitted on camera that they are casting votes. And they're casting votes for the party that let them in and gave them all the money. The UN is bankrolling these people with our tax dollars. The U- we give all this tax dollars to the U.N., which where do tax dollars come from, Dees? We've talked about this before. You and me. You and me. Anybody listening, they take our tax dollars, give them to the U.N. The U.N. gives it to them in the form of cash payments, debit cards, to come across the southern border. They're doing this for a reason. The people that keep giving the U.N. more money know what they're doing. They all know exactly what's going on here. This is not an accident what's going on at the southern border. There's a reason for it. And there's a reason China's getting allowed in, too. Because isn't it the damnedest thing? Anything that this, this administration does directly benefits China. Now, if China ever wanted to attack us, the best thing China could do, which would be any adversary's dream, is to load up the country they're going to attack with their own people. Wouldn't it? Well, yeah. If you could get 300,000, 400,000 
of your troops into our country, that's that's a no-brainer. And they're doing it. We're watching this happen before our very eyes. Now, here's further evidence for you. Now, this is kind of good news, but how we got to this so-called good news isn't good news. Let me see how much time we got here before I got on my diatribe. Yep, we got time to get it in. New York judge strikes down New York City law granting voting rights to non-citizens. A New York State judge on Monday struck down a new law that would allow non-citizens to vote in local elections in New York City. Now, I'm glad the judge struck it down. But the fact that New York passed a law that allowed non-citizens to vote in their local elections. Now, I got a question for you. Who do you think those non-citizens are going to vote for? <clears throat> the people handing them all the free stuff. Yeah. We talked about Nassau, Nassau County and all these places in New York that were flipping and going red. There's a reason they're doing this. Okay. There's a reason they're doing this. Now, if it's not bad enough that they can actually do it through deceit, now you have these liberal communities that actually want to give non-citizens the right to vote in local elections. Thank God a New York judge struck it down. It's not constitutional. You can't do that. You have to be a citizen of the United States to vote. That's all there is to it. Now, speaking of the other monstrosities that come from this, we've got Rick Harrison. We talked about his son, Adam Harrison, passed away. We're going to get into this on the next segment. Rick Harrison is going scorched earth on Joe Biden. He's come out publicly, said he's in support of Trump. He lost his son who had drug issues. Rick Harrison is the... Pawn Stars. Pawn Stars, yeah. Yep, the uh, host of Pawn Stars, Pawn Stars guy. You know, this is all it takes in this country anymore, whether it be pot, whether it be getting some Vicodin pills from somebody you know, whether it's you want to do a couple lines of cocaine on the weekend, you don't know what you're getting. It's one of the dumbest things you can do at this point. Either if, if you're dying of a fentanyl overdose, you're either an addict and you need help, or you're just stupid. And I say this because... If you're an addict, you're going to do whatever you can to get it, and you, it's like playing Russian roulette. Yeah. I say you're stupid if you just do this stuff on the weekends because you're running a major risk of getting stuff that's laced with fentanyl. Don't do it. You know, maybe if everybody can wake up, we can take this fentanyl thing and turn it around and actually use it for some good, which is everybody stops doing all this stupid stuff. This is the Aldonzo and D Show. We'll be right back after this break here at the Skyhammer Studios. Welcome back to the El Donzo and D Show here at the Skyhammer Studios. I'm El Donzo. I'm Dees. And we were talking about the fooly monkey shines going on with what's going on with the immigration or the illegal immigration and the non-citizens voting in this country. And yes, I'm here to say right now they are voting and they're not voting for conservatives. Okay. Now, Trump has got an edge. He's got, let's see here real quick. I'm going to pull this up. Let's see if I can find it. His... Support amongst Mexicans, Latinos. Let's pull this story up real quick. Just to show you. Uh, has increased substantially. Trump has got a plus 17 over Biden with whites. And he's actually edging out Biden with Hispanics by one point. Biden's got 59% of support with blacks. 
which is a demographic he supposedly won with 90% support in 2020. Trump's got a plus over him of 19 with independents. So now you see all these minorities and independents that are now jumping ship. So they're saying Trump's at nearly 41% support with African Americans, which is historic. He's at, I guess he's it's 51% support with Hispanics. And those are legal Hispanics, people that are here legally. So isn't it telling the ones that are here legally, whether they're Hispanic or not, they're from South America or not, they support the conservative. They're not supporting the guy that's not handing out free stuff to them constantly. Yeah. Why else would they want why else would they not want to bring these people in across the border and get their constituents and their base built up? Well, I mean, they're here the right way, probably working, earning money, paying taxes, and they see where their money is going. Now, recently, and we talked about Snoop Dogg came out and endorsed Donald Trump. This is a big one, too. I think it's well. We we argued about whether Taylor Swift's endorsement of Biden or Snoop Dogg's endorsement of Trump, which I still think Snoop Dogg's is a lot bigger considering their history together. Uh, Rick Harrison has slammed the border policy in the United States as insane uh, due to this fentanyl crisis. The 58-year-old Pawn Stars TV personality son, Adam, of course, died last month at the age of 39 due to a fentanyl overdose. Uh, he had an interview with Fox News Digital. He praised President Trump after meeting with him following the loss of his son and blasted politicians for being complicit in all these deaths. You want to talk about a war? 100,000 U.S. citizens a year are dying from fentanyl that's shipped over from China and brought in through the Mexican border. Wouldn't you say this might be a World War III right now? It's pretty bad. 100,000 people dying of something that came from China, and they're worried about the Kung flu? Anyway, Harris, uh, Harrison went on. He says he's an incredible individual, and he wants to do something about this. And I don't know about you. I think Trump, if he can get back in, we talked about the chances of that with what the Democrats are doing. I think he'd shut the damn thing down on day one. What do you think? Well, I think he could put a significant dent in it, yeah. I mean, he pretty much put a significant dent in it. Uh, you're not going to You're not going to shut down the drug trade. No, you're not. But you can really, really. It's not just the drug trade either. It's a human trafficking trade. Yeah. Anybody that's keeping the border right now is complicit in this. It's keeping the border open, excuse me. So anyway, meanwhile, the last little bit of politics I really want to deal with. <clears throat> Nikki Haley uh, lost to none of these candidates. <laughs> she lost to nobody. She lost to nobody in the Nevada and primary by a landslide. Yeah, I was going to say, she didn't just lose. She got her ass kicked by literally nobody. Because Trump wasn't on. So it was Nikki Haley at 31.9% and none of these candidates, which is pretty much D, none of the above, it's 61.6%. Yeah. Two to one margin to nobody. Of course, to none of the above. Of course, she's still confident she can beat Trump. Well, it wouldn't be the first time a woman was having delusional thoughts. No, it w- it's not going to be the last either. No, what, I apologize she say? for that. One way or another, a woman's going to be president. It's either going to be me or Kamala Harris. No, I don't think that's going to happen, Nikki. I just don't see that. We know that Nikki's probably jockeying for second place because she's hoping that they're actually going to get something to stick on Donald Trump whether they throw him in jail or he, you know, has a heart attack and croaks or something. Yeah. But this is my point to this. Nikki Haley is not going to be the chosen one. If you look at how many votes and how much support Donald Trump has, 
Nikki Haley's not going to be the one they pick. It's going to be DeSantis. They're going to bring, that's why DeSantis is doing what he's doing. If anything happens to Trump, it will be DeSantis. Because DeSantis is the only one that's going to get Trump's diehard support. Yeah, the, the majority of, of Trump supporters, if he were to go away, would immediately turn to DeSantis. Nikki Haley has to stop at this point. Yeah, get she, out. She would pull some, but not enough. Get out and support uh, support Donald Trump. And I think she could do it. Look, we know, we've know we seen enough of Donald Trump and how he works with people and how he butts heads with them. This is nothing to Donald Trump. He can forgive in a heartbeat and move on with his life. He really can't. Look at this thing with Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio and then the back and forth with DeSantis. And now he thinks of DeSantis, I wouldn't say is his best buddy, but he's good with DeSantis. He doesn't care. It happened in the past. Move forward. He just wants to support. He just wants to get back in the White House. Well, he got him to got him to drop out. So, yeah, it's all good. now. Yeah. I mean, there it is. No, no need to sling any more mud. So, yeah, Nikki Haley lost uh, by 30 points to nobody. So she's not going anywhere. A lot of people speculate that this is just uh, her setting herself up for 2028. I'm sorry. I don't see anybody that loses this badly to nobody getting a leg up in 2028. I, I, I just don't. No. I just don't. Maybe DeSantis, you know, because if, if, if Trump actually gets in there and does good, maybe. But I don't see Haley. Now, Riley Gaines. I think DeSantis, if if Trump does go forward and should win, does win, uh, while I don't necessarily think he will be the vice president, I think DeSantis will have a a spot in the cabinet and, and will potentially lead to him running in, in 28. I could see it happening. He's young. Yeah. I think by 2028, he can hone his skills a little bit better. He can, and, and you're talking four and a half years from now. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff that's going on between him and Trump or, you know, his shortcomings when he was on the election trail, he wasn't very juiced up. He wasn't very inspired. A lot of that's going to be forgotten about because let's face it. It's just like anything else. Politics. Most people only look at what's going on right now. A lot of people don't think about years past. And really, a lot of people don't care. They care about the now what's going on right now in politics. So I but I think it's going to be a big thing. Uh yeah, if Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley would just stop. She recently got $16.5 million to her campaign. Now, I don't know who's funding that besides Democrats at this point, because her biggest supporters have been Democrats. People like Liz Cheney and Mittens Romney. Mitt Romney, what a fart in the wind. Talking about farts in the wind. You know how the left uh, is so compassionate and understanding and caring? Well, of course. Okay, so <clears throat> Riley Gaines... I don't know if you heard about this. They had this, uh, Riley Gaines had Bethany Hamilton, who's a famous surfer. Do you know who Beth- Bethany Hamilton is? I, Lo- know, I know the name, yeah. Lost her arm in a oh, yeah, shark yeah, yeah. accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they had this uh, thing called Brave, they had this at Brave Books Library. It was a, they read from children's titles, you know, kind of opposite of Drag Queen Story Hour. Uh, transgender activists didn't like this, that you had uh, two wholesome, semi-conservative, nice American women reading wholesome books to children. They actually yeah, it's sh- terrible. It's terrible, isn't it? Beautiful women, you know, strong women, you know, encouraging today's youth to, uh, to not be snowflakes. There's a picture. and We're going to get this up on the website. One of these, uh, transgender activists, you know, the lefties, a tolerant showed up with a stuffed shark doll to protest. <laughs> this is the tolerant left. Uh, look at this egghead. And I got a question. 
what drives people to actually get out there and protest two women reading wholesome books that didn't talk about D's and A's and stuff like that? Remember that book we talked Why about? Why would they school? talk about me? What, what was that? Uh, Senator uh, Kennedy was reading. Oh, I, I can't remember the title of it. But yeah, and I it's... applied the lube and I worked it in and he, and it hurt, but it was a good kind of pain. Something about, I can't remember what he was. Yeah, way more graphic than that, but yeah. Story time with Senator Kennedy. So yeah. that's... Oh, shit. So, what yeah. happened? I just almost upended my table with my... Have you been drinking today? Not yet, but... Might have to start. Not yet, but you're going to need a definitely a belt after this one, huh? Mm -hmm. So anyway, Gaines told Fox News Digital that it was just another example of the left's open-mindedness, tolerance, and acceptance on full display. She went on, this is the tactic they use time and time again. They want so desperately to mock, intimidate, and threaten those they don't agree with into silence, but this was a step too far. I have no words to describe how messed up it is to directly mock Bethany Hamilton and her traumatic experience that cost her arm by bringing a shark to a children's story hour. Dare I call this protester an ableist? So, anyway, just one more example of the tolerant left whining. Oh, did you see the same... Nancy Pelosi's kind of slurring her speech at this uh, pre-Grammy pre gala. Did you happen to see this? No. Nancy Pelosi and, of course, Paul Hammertime Pelosi attended the Clive Davis pre-Grammy gala in Los Angeles on Saturday. Pelosi briefly spoke with the media about the 2024 election, and she sounded a little off. I'm going to play this for you real quick. we got just enough time here, I think. Let's have it. Here's Pelosi. First of all, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? Amazing that I'm talking to you. And I have to ask you, who's your favorite musician of all time? <laughs> now, you see, I'm a politician. Okay. And I would never <laughs> say that. Because I have different, in different categories, in different uh, eras. So I, I have a full appreciation of many. Are you excited to see anybody tonight? Everybody. Clive Davis. There you go. She is a politician. <laughs> and I do have to ask you, should people be nervous about the election this year? Well, we should all be active about it. Today, the president had a tremendous victory in South Carolina. He got over 95% of... Wow. She just can't help herself. You know, no wonder Paul Pelosi took a hammer to his own head, too. I'd probably do the same thing if I was married to that lush. What do you think, Dees? Take something bigger than a hammer. <laughs> this is the Aldonzo and Dees show. We'll be right back here from the Skyhammer Studios. Hey, welcome back to the El Donzo and D Show. Coming at you from the Skyhammer Studios. Beautiful Saturday morning. I'm El Donzo. I'm Dees. And you know what I really, really love? That PBS documentary show, Finding Your Roots. Have you ever watched that? I couldn't tell you what channel PBS was. Uh, it's on PBS. Anyway, <laughs> Finding Your Roots, they do the same. They, they, they bring people in, uh, famous people, and they trace, uh, trace their DNA back. And uh, it's hosted by uh, Henry Louis Gates Jr. And they trace your DNA back and tell you where you came from. And it's really interesting is sometimes they take these black liberals that believe in reparations and find out that their family owns slaves. I think LeVar Burton was one. They found out LeVar Burton's great, great, great granddaddy owned slaves or something. 
But she mm-hmm. was in that, what was that film? Uh, roots. 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 There you go. Finding your roots. Kunta Kinte. No, Toby. Toby. Uh, your name is Toby. My name is Kunta Kinte. Well, anyway, something really funny happened. You, you, Sonny Hostin, who's on The View, who's an insufferable twit. Okay, she's another one of these, everybody needs reparations and racism, racism, racism. Well, it turned out her third great-grandfather owned at least one human being. Whoopsie. <laughs> yeah, so she's of Puerto Rican, and uh, her mother's Puerto Rican, and her father's black. And she was just shocked to find out, being Puerto Rican, that she had uh, deeper ties to Spain than she thought. She just couldn't believe that. And uh, she said, I had no idea the Spanish roots to this extent. I'm still sort of shocked at the depth of the ties. Of course, just because the colonization of other people, I'm surprised that they were enslavers, actually. That's disappointing. And she had tears. She actually had tears in her eyes. She was worried about something that happened hundreds of years ago that she had nothing to do with. I just can't believe my family owned slaves. Well, you know what? It was a slave trade back then. Africans were selling slaves to the Europeans. The Spaniards were doing it. Everybody was doing it. I'm not saying it was right, okay? But that was just how it was back then. So people go on this finding your roots and they cry, I can't believe that we own slaves. But you didn't own anything. Guess what? You didn't own slaves. Yeah. Your ancestors did. So why should we be paying out reparations? It goes back to the whole reparations argument. I wasn't a slave and you didn't own any. So we just drop it right there. Of course, this whole thing, remember back in uh, California, I think it was, what was it? Was it LA or San Francisco was talking about like, $500,000 to each African-American resident because they don't know if their family was slaves or not, but they're black, so we're going to give them money. Yeah. What better way to get people to vote for you? Oh, Spending absolutely. Spending other people's money on it in tax dollars. Yep. Okay, so now it's time for uh, time for story hour with D's. He's got some stories for us. Let's have it. Did you see the story about the flight from uh, Thailand to Germany? I did, I did not. <clears throat> Headline from the New York Post. This was uh, yesterday, actually. Passenger dies mid-flight after liters of blood erupts from his mouth and nose. Ooh. Okay, what's going on with this? A passenger on board a Lufthansa Asia flight from Thailand to Germany died Thursday after his fellow travelers watched in horror as blood gushed out of his mouth and nose. Identified 63-year-old German man was seen boarding Airbus, blah, 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 in, in Bangkok shortly before midnight, visibly sick with cold sweats, breathing much too quickly, one of the uh, passengers said. Uh, she, at first, she said his wife claimed they had, had to rush to catch the flight, which is why he wasn't feeling well. And then after watching the man for a few moments, the woman, who is a nursing specialist at a university in Germany, said she informed flight attendant that he needed to be examined by a doctor. A young Polish man, some jokes write themselves, answered the call, but <laughs> reportedly only asked the man how he was feeling, felt his pulse, and said he was okay. They gave him a little bit of tea. Oh, that tea cures everything. Yeah. Uh, but he was already spitting blood into a bag that his wife was holding for him. Soon, blood just started spilling out of his mouth and nose. This is like something out of a horror movie. How would you like to be on that flight? Right. Like is this like is this is this pathogen X? Yeah, he, <laughs> literally, this is like some stuff you've seen in uh, Outbreak, like with the blood and everything. 
They claim the man lost liters of blood, some of which splattered the walls of the plane. For about a half an hour afterward, flight attendants tried to perform CEPR, even though the nurse said she knew it was hopeless. When he finally went still, the captain announced the man's death, and it was all quiet on board. Well, no kidding. Everybody's in shock. I'd be flipping sticks. Then they carried the man's body into the galley of the plane. Why did they take Let it me say that one more food? time. They carried the man's dead body who had just been spewing blood like the Bellagio fountains <laughs> into the galley of the plane, which is where they prepare food. food. That's like putting it. That's like a, a, your dog dying and putting it on the kitchen table. Right. Where you're making. Di- oh. And then they turned it around and headed back to Thailand. And the, the flight data showed that it left Bangkok at 1150. On Thursday and landed back in Thailand, 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 idiot, at 8.28 a.m. on Friday. So that's, do the math, eight hours with a dead guy who's got a fireworks show of blood spewing from his mouth and nose. Well, that's not just, yeah, that was to say, that's not just eight hours with a dead body on board. That's eight hours of what in the hell is going on on board. Yeah. And no word as of yet as to what the hell happened here. But I don't know. Off the top of my head, I can't think of any known illnesses that would cause something like this. Oh, well. Like, is this the new, like, super West Nile monkey SARS that we're going to have to deal with? I'm sure there's there's going to be a shot for it here in about six months that we can all take. Yeah, this is literally, do you not recall, like, one of the opening scenes of Outbreak? Yes, I the, do, actually. The, the dude steals the monkey, and then he gets on a plane. Ah, and he starts bleeding. Starts bleeding yeah. and coughing all over everybody in the plane, and that's how it literally spreads to the whole... Because one of the women on the flight, you know, they show the little camera of the virus, the spittle, whatever, flying yeah. through the air and landing in her mouth, and then she kisses her boyfriend, and her boyfriend gets sick, and then the whole movie theater... Yeah, like, literally, this is the plot of a movie. What the hell is going on here? Well, you know, this Pathogen X we talked about, this is supposedly we're in danger of this thing cropping up. And I, you know, I hate to cast uh, stereotypes and, and those types of things, but it came from a country in Southeast Asia. Well, and remember as well. Now, we're not saying that this is in, this could have been a medical episode. Yeah, this guy was happening. This guy was having. OK, but now just remember something. What are we in right now? We're in an election year. Yeah. So nothing is going to surprise me that pops up. Yeah. Nothing at all. Uh, did you see the Trump defending Bud Light? Actually, I did. And I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Go ahead and let's get into that because that's going to have some debate to it. Conservative CEO says the Republican beer drinkers want a beverage that truly supports their values after former President Donald Trump defended rival brand Bud Light. And that was just real quick to interrupt you. Sorry, but that was uh, conservative dad's ultra right beer yes, CEO, Seth, right? Yes, uh, Weather, Seth Weather, Weathersham, Weathersham, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. In 2023, Bud Light launched a controversial partnership with transgender activist Dylan Mulvaney, sparked an immediate months-long boycott of the beer drink company, cost them billions of dollars in brand value. Uh, Trump tried to sue things over with the beer brand earlier this week by saying Bud Light's parent company, Anheuser-Busch, is not a woke company and that the brand perhaps deserves a second chance. The former president wrote that the partnership with Mulvaney was a mistake of epic proportions, but the conservatives should reconsider their boycott to the Anheuser-Busch brand. In other words, they wrote him a big check. Yes, they did write him a big check. They're actually uh, throwing him a fundraising thing, I think. Yes. 
So, money talks. Money does talk. So I, I get that. I understand it. He's got to do whatever he's got to do. I want to say this, though, on the other hand. Two sides of this. First side is there's a lot of good people that work for Anheuser-Busch that have suffered. Okay? Yeah. Because something their company did. And they do make a good beer. I used to drink Bush Light all the time. Every now and again, I'll still drink a Bush Light. I'm not boycotting it. I'm just not buying it. I'm not actively telling people not to drink it. All Anheuser-Busch has to do is make a public apology for going so woke. But they're scared to death of the transgender community. They're scared to death of the leftist. Yeah. But right? it, this, I mean, for all intents and purposes, them, you know, doing the big fundraiser, donating whatever the case may be to the de facto candidate is their way of doing that without actually doing that. You know what I mean? I agree. Cause nothing says this is nothing says risk more than publicly backing Donald Trump. Yeah. This is a 100% PR thing to get back into the good graces uh, of those that, uh, that boycotted them and cost them billions. Is it it going to 100% fix it? No, but it's going to, it's going to help. It's, it's right there. I think they could have done a lot more to be honest with you, but I, I agree. Getting behind Donald Trump, I mean, hell, that's that's pretty damn good. Yeah. If I, nothing says I'm sorry for being an idiot, a bunch of woke idiots in this company, I don't know what else will, except for them actually coming out and owning it, which they never did. They never came out and said, we screwed up. We made a mistake. This isn't going to happen again. But I guess it's a close second place to support Donald Trump and endorse him. So Yeah. Better than nothing. Better than nothing. This is the Aldonzo and D Show, and we're better than nothing. Coming at you from the Skyhammer Studios. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Eldonzo and D Show, coming at you from the Skyhammer Studios. I'm Eldonzo. I'm D's. What do we got? This is the last segment. You better, you better send us into a tizzy with these news stories, D's. Well, this is a bit disturbing. <clears throat> Everything that comes out of your mouth is a bit disturbing. One, I try. So obviously, you know what the F-35 fighter jet is, right? Absolutely. It's like the best. Uh, what do they call it in Top Gun? Next gen fighter plane, like the there. one that took off like uh, seven months ago on its own and flew for eighty. Yeah, miles. that one. Yeah. That one. Okay, that one. Yeah, yeah. the yeah, one I'm that the one that. that can be hacked by AI and and just do whatever it wants. Yeah, that that one. Well, <clears throat> fourteen million dollars per engine that goes into these F thirty five fighter jets can be taken down by a flashlight. Really? Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. A flashlight is responsible for causing irreparable damage to the $14 million engine of an F-35 based at Luke Air Force Base in Glendale. A report by the Air Force Aircraft Accident Investigation Board. That's a mouthful. That's what she said. Showed the incident happened on March 15, 2023, while the jet was undergoing some routine maintenance Somebody work. left a flashlight in it. The report states that a three-member maintenance team removed a panel, inserted a metering plug into the engine fuel line. They prepared the aircraft for an engine run test to install the metering plug for fuel leaks. The engine was run. The engine run was completed with no visual indications that would indicate abnormal engine run. 
The damage was found after the engine was shut down following the engine test. In other words, yes. Somebody left a flashlight inside the engine, and when it turned on, it literally just obliterated the engine, costing uh, you and me and every other tax-paying American out there $14 million to replace the engine of this jet. Somebody, So I have a little bit of experience in the uh, uh, aerospace industry, and I can tell you this much right now. Uh, parts cannot ship out to be built in these jets mm-hmm. with even the tiniest fragment of steel in them that's how anal retentive they are about having these parts cleaned. So, yes. I thought you meant somebody shined a flashlight in. Like, no, what the hell no. are you talking about? <laughs> no, I could absolutely, from working in that, absolutely see how somebody leaving a flashlight in there could be like literally taping a eight-pound wrench to the drive shaft of your vehicle. No. I could absolutely see that. But I could just see it now. China and Russia and Iran or whoever we're going to be at war with here in the La- next few years. Oh, we'd launch a flashlight at yeah, the instead of, you know, Instead of the flares and the sunbursts that they shoot out, you know, they're just going to drop a bunch of little mini mag lights and <laughs> just wipe out the F-35. They got, why are you giving them ideas? They don't need any more ideas. Do you well, that's already in, right there in print. They got all the ideas they need. Because you know the Chinese are listening to the Aldonzo and D show. Oh, right of course. Now. Yeah, they're monitoring everything that we that's, do. That's damn Skippy. Uh, South Carolina may become my new favorite state because there is action on uh, the legislature that they want to bring back firing squad in the electric chair. I think it's a great idea. I do too. And I think it should be public on pay per view. And it's cheap. Yep. It's cheap. Lawyers for a group of death row inmates run out of appeals are expected to argue that first sentence right there pisses me off. They run out of appeals, then they're dead. Yeah. Hang them, shoot them, whatever. Uh, But they're arguing that the state's execution methods, the electric chair, which is old, and firing squad, which is new, are cruel and unusual punishments. Well, you know what? It's cruel and unusual what they did to get there. So. Exactly. If, if you're titties. on death row and you've gone through all of your appeals, I'm pretty sure that what you have done has been not only heinous, but proven beyond multiple reason or shadows of a doubt. So, yeah. You, like you Dennis die. Miller said, oh, he's insane. Fry him in a clown suit. Yep. So, yeah, South Carolina, kudos to you. And uh, I 100% agree firing squads should absolutely be a thing. Actually, to be honest with you, if if I was going to get executed, whatever means, I'd actually prefer a firing squad. Yeah. Th- if you're th- going to go out, go out with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> twice the I, bad news and twice the bad jokes. I thought you were just referring to, you know, the quickness of it, but yeah. We well, yeah, deal all the above, but I had to get that little joke in there. Yeah. No, that's why we went to this lethal injection thing. I'll never understand, but uh, Costco. Are you a member of Costco? Have you ever been to a Costco? I'm not a member of Costco. I am not. Have you ever been in a Costco? I think I have, yeah. So those are massive. And you can literally buy anything, usually in major bulk. Well, this might give you reason to join Costco. A Costco shopper has tested the limits of the retail club's return policy by bringing back a sofa. Simply because she just stopped liking it. She said, I just didn't like it anymore. We don't like the color anymore. The, sh- the shopper, Jackie Nguyen, said in a TikTok video, it's been viewed roughly three million times since she posted on 23, January 23. How long did they have the sofa for is my question. Three and a half years. And Costco took it back? Negan explained she did not have the original receipt, but recalled the date which she originally purchased the couch. That allowed Costco, the retail clerk, to process the transaction and issue 
a full refund. After you use the damn couch for three and three a half years? Three and a half years filled with beer farts and who knows God what knows else. what other kind of stuff you wouldn't want to see under a black light. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, go to Costco, buy, you know, get your, your whole furniture set. and Speaking of somebody getting fired. Use it fired, as long as you want. Yeah. There's got, I don't believe, oh. there's somebody messed up there. Yeah. So, that their Costco's uh, return policy states right here uh costco does indeed have a generous return policy according to its website we guarantee your satisfaction on every product we sell and we will refund your purchase price it lists exceptions on products including electronics diamonds alcohol and cigarettes but does not indicate a time frame within by which (laughs) shoppers must bring their goods back that'd be pretty funny if i went back and tried to return a 12 pack of beer wouldn't it yeah that's like the there's a joke uh rodney carrington did years ago about walmart it's like you can take diapers back with with poop in them and they'll take them back you here you just go get you another set wow so yeah i, I find I, that hard to believe but hey if it's in the news if you read it on the internet it's, it's gotta, gotta be, be true. true i have a feeling costco might be rewriting their uh the return policy after that I, heads would roll if i was ahead of Costco. i'd be like seriously you took a couch that somebody sat on and farted on and screwed on for three and a half years and you give them a full refund yep what about your fully monkey shine? Speaking of fully monkey shine, this is the Eldonzo and D show. We'll catch you next weekend. Same bat time, same bat channel, baby. See ya.